Hello, and welcome to another episode of Philosophy. I'm your host, Justin Land, and today I'm honored to have Harry Mander, the golden yogi, on my show. Hello, Harry Mander. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. I, <laughs> I got that name wrong. Uh, I know that. Yeah. Uh, please tell us uh, the correct way. And Okay. Well, it's H- Hari Mander. And I often even rattle it off so quickly. I say Hari Mander, yeah. or Hari, I don't know, the way, and people go, Harimanda, and they don't hear the R, and so it, it, it's, you know, it's the lost in translation kind of thing, but historically, when the British came to India, they put, they wanted things to be a bit more exact everywhere they were, and so they came up with a Romanization version of the languages in India, and so my name is from the Punjab region, being that I've practiced as a, a Sikh for many years, <clears throat> and I took a name and, and let my birth name go. Um, and uh, there are no vowels in that language. Wow. Like when it's written, they're, they're more like, it's like understood when you have, um, like two consonants that there would be something in between and there is something they call it a mukta and that lets you know like you hold that vowel longer so in mine there's no mukta and so it's like from the h so it'd be h-a-r-i-m-a-n-d-e-r the way it's spelled in the the roman transliteration but it's really like the the letter the the character for an h then an r then an m then an n then a d then an r Interesting. And that's so, Sans- is that so, Sanskrit? No, it's a, uh, well, all of the, well, all language comes from Sanskrit, um, but it's not, it's Punjabi. Okay. And uh, so that's the northern region of India and Pakistan. And what does it mean? It means the, uh, the abode of God. Nice. House of God. So it's, it is, yeah, house of God. And it's also the name of the golden temple. In, in Amritsar, India, which is a, uh, a temple that's, you, you can look it up, it's, it's really interesting to look at, and it's completely covered in gold. Real it's gold. It's got painted gold, it's got sheets of gold that were added onto it later, um, after all the Sikh gurus had passed through their, their physical lives, and they had embodied their channels into poetry form, so that that's the whole technology of, of, of Sikhism, besides a few little things of just living an honest life and, and you know, and, uh, but in that whole work, I like to always look at like a piece of work from masters. If you were to do like those word bubble exercises where you capture all the words and then whatever words were spoken the most are bigger, you know, visually represented, right? right. And chant the name of God is like by far the largest bubble. <laughs> and, and which is just means like, you know, kind of just uh, stay in that place of remembrance. And, and the, I would say the technology is that it's a vibration. Mm-hmm. And as you repeat this, it, it becomes a, you're replacing a lot of the other subliminal stuff with that instead. 
So over time, that becomes the thing that plays in the background in your um, uh, um, you know, subconscious. Mm. It's, it's a, like so the, the it's mantras, like, right? That kind of totally, even, yeah. Even the names, it's all it's all that uh, we get into that meditative state of being of uh, the in, in the intonation. So even people who do not understand what the thing, what the letters mean, or what the meaning of the words, they can still pick up on that vibrational aspect, correct? I I definitely believe that um, through my own experience. Like for instance, uh, just before we got on this, I was doing. Uh, japji, which is a morning, like it's the first, like they call it a bani, which is a daily prayer for uh, Sikhs. And um, it can take anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes to read. And I remember when I first started doing this, um, <clears throat> about nine years ago, uh, I would read from from you know the transliteration transliteration from a uh, a little book, and about a year I, throughout that year in the first year there would be times in the day where like whole lines like 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 whole sections would like just start playing in my head, you know just like a song getting stuck in your head, mm -hmm. and after a year I had the entire thing memorized, and this is a language I don't know at all. Wow. And I've, I've learned little things like, you know, little niceties to like, you know, uh, you know, talk to Punjabi people. Um, uh, like when you go to, you know, an event or something like that. Um, but it's, I, I, I don't think that that would be the case with many other languages because it's, it has this, the, the vibrational, like, information in it that as you start to learn how the pronunciation goes, it just uh, sticks with you. That's a very important. I mean, I know the Hebrew language has something like that going on. <clears throat> right. I mean, obviously, the supposedly, I mean, the stories you hear in the Bible, it sounds like they were using, you know, the, the intonations to actually, you know, bring yeah. down walls or whatever. I mean, it's, it's like yeah. uh, the power of vibration. And it's interesting you said, it. so do you believe that it was an intentional technology that was developed or evolutionary? I mean, it, for the the language yeah, i don't i don't know if it was like like intentional like here let's plant let's let's deliver something to the people that they can i mean we have to ask source yeah. no, <laughs> I, I, I would works, say no. yes no. i would i would say yes when i consider like you know that we are source anyway and we're mm -hmm. just like you know kind of living in this maya so we forget often that we're we're connected to that 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 you know that same thing <clears throat> and we do each have our unique experiences. Um, uh, but it, again, it's, it's, you'll find it in many other places. So maybe there would be some that are uh, more like that. I guess you would, you would see it maybe more in the type of culture. Like if it was based on poetry, where like English, I don't think was so much based on that. Where like it's, uh, Arabic in, in Islam, the uh, like a practice that many Muslims will do is memorize the entire Quran, mm. which that's it. That's a big that's piece a big of work, task. <laughs> you know. And but there are people who do it. That's like their life work. Um, uh, so anyhow, no, no. I mean, uh, I, yes, uh, you see those with the, the tablets in front of them, and and uh, you know the memorization aspect, and then that's that's also a meditative state that one's getting into. And I can see the 
the positives and the negatives of you know if it's forced obviously it's not right most present situation to be a kid trying or to or even the belief that if you don't do this something bad will happen mm. like those are always the the dogmatic parts that get added in you know um like in india uh and i think throughout that whole sub-saharan region or not sub-saharan I, I misspoke there uh like throughout the middle east middle east yeah. that that pointing your feet and it's the same in india but pointing your feet towards someone is an insult how, how do you avoid that <laughs> well i mean in a crowded well, usually, room yeah i mean usually you see but, but people because people sit on the ground more with you know in a cross-leg mm. position and so if their feet are outstretched they just sort of try and go to a different you know it's like okay well eventually somebody's in that direction so it's not like there's a death beam going out of the bottom of your foot and like someone's gonna die if you do this or yeah. <laughs> um so it's uh it, it's become you know they so there's those cultural things get added mm -hmm. into other pathways because that channel opened up in that culture it has a unique aspect oh, of that culture's uh, right. systems. Uh, but there is something about the Middle East, India, obviously, if we want to talk about the birthplaces of spiritualism, these, these religions, obviously, Christianity, Muslim, and uh, Sikhism, and uh, you look at the Buddha and all these, these figures. And so what is it about it? Maybe if you uh, just go into that, what, what, is it, is it, the, is it the, the climate? I mean, the culture, obviously, the way people are are they more, how do you say, open to the mysteries of the universe? I don't know, or are we, I mean, it's a very, very, very odd thing to think about, but there's something, uh, it seems like that's a like birthplace of a lot of religion and spiritual thought it comes from, you know, as you said, even technologies of spiritual thought, um, ways of right. doing uh, yoga or uh, meditation <clears throat> still used today. Um, and, what would you think would right i that's a good question i um i don't know that i've really dug that deep perhaps in my in my 20s these were things i thought about more to try and figure it out but at one point i know i just decided like same with like conspiracy theories and you know because again there's there's because behind any conspiracy theory is a lot of truth and it's really about trying to discover Mm -hmm. what is the truth and at some point i finally realized i will put myself through more suffering <laughs> trying to figure this out yeah than just going well who cares like does it matter True. how much does it matter no, how much does it matter that we know like all the intricacies of the histories before us and how uh i just don't know that it no, you know I agree with you. I would just say, I mean, obviously the, the West, we're in the Western culture. I think we're a lot about the technologies of, you know, automobiles, uh, you know, getting away places faster, building faster. And I'm wondering about like India, it seems like they have a totally different conception of time and, and they're not. So maybe this is an old, this is obviously it's changed, but I'm wondering if it was a bit more focused on, as you said, other technologies, the spiritual, you know, I don't know, kind of. There, there is, there is certainly throughout those regions, there's a, 
a sense of devotion that, I mean, I see it in Christianity too, because, you know, because even though that's the place of Christianity, Christianity didn't really move so much to the East instead to the West, mm. right? Yes. I mean, there is, you, you certainly have, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, Lebanon has a lot of Christians, uh, mm. even, you know, Israel has a lot of Christians because they've, they've come back to, um, to want to be near a lot of the sites and, and, and places where uh, that master was. And, but by far and large, by, by, <laughs> for the most part, it's gone up through Europe and then traveled to the United States. And then, you know, and, you know, down through uh, all the Americas, mm -hmm. really. Um, and then it's been pretty much through immigration that the other faiths have come to uh, uh, mix exactly. with the West and yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, but that, that devotion, cause you know, like there's a practice, uh, like in, in like the Indian faiths, most of them that I've seen, and there's so many, I mean, there's thousands of ways in India, but pretty much like Islam, Hindu, uh, Sikhism, maybe Jainism, Buddhism, like are the ones that get recognition. And the first three, Islam, Sikhism, and, and Hinduism were the only ones that the British recognized when they occupied. And so that's the way they split it up. And the Sikhs were, were given the option to take their own state. Um, but they, at the leaders at the time said, well, this is not in alignment with our viewpoint. And now still to this day, there's, they wanted to, there's people who still want to try and create a state called Khalistan um, that would be for, you know, for the Sikhs. Where would that be in, if you in went, India? Would that be in the north? Or? That, that would be in the Punjab, probably be, would be like south of, uh, of, um, of uh, Pakistan, mm -hmm. and, um, which is the primary farming region for the, the country. Or in it, the state of Punjab is is the primary. It's like the uh, Central Valley of California. How it produce? It's like okay. nearly all the produce um, mm -hmm. comes from there. And uh, anyhow, the uh, what I was trying to get to is there's a common practice of of bowing your head, mm -hmm. and not just like in. Um, you know, not just a, a, like a thing like this, but like when you're going to do a devotional practice, if there's an altar of some sort, you would get all the way down and put your forehead to the ground. Mm. And a teaching I'd heard is like, it's one of the few times your heart will be higher than your head. Yes, yes. And that's interesting. Huh? You know, what I personally have experienced is that the heart has a rate that it moves at its frequency and it's much slower than that of the mind so when the mind that's like the spin out that can occur like when the mind goes really fast you can lose yourself and other listeners and people because their their heart space can't keep up mm. yeah and so it's I found just taking your time with words can give the, those moments the pause to 
to let it all kind of settle in and assimilate with that heart space because the heart knows even more like like up here's the information but i feel like decision making is 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 more sustainable if done from the heart absolutely and it brought up a for me like an image of because actually there's another way that the heart can go above the head is when you're doing handstand and right. right right before my awakening you know like i would say about four years ago i was just like getting really into this handstand stuff you know i was outside in the park with the kids doing handstands and then since i haven't done it much and i'm not really interested but i i literally that that was something that opened up pathways in me and uh i'm, I'm sure there were many things that you know, i was doing other yoga things too but it was uh that's a very good point you're making and i think people like myself maybe like you as well we're, we're very talkative and we like to understand things and and then at the end of the day it's really you know you can only reach people i think often as absolutely with the, this the, the hard space you know the, the the convincing with arguments you can do that as much as you want uh but uh, if they don't feel it in their heart you know and i think a lot of politics is about that too you know the, the you see the with trump that's a lot of stuff that just sounds like total rationality but people really feel that, you know, it's like they're not going to care about, you know, the stuff, you know, the, the contradictions or whatever. I mean, it's just like. No, no, no. <laughs> if it resonates, that's, yeah, that's, that's, it is really interesting with a message. It, it, if it resonates with somebody, they're willing to throw all the rest. Like, you know, um, I think. I really feel like if you were to, you know, to speak on 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 Trump, because I find him to be a really interesting character. Absolutely. And and I I, uh, you know, I I didn't vote for him. I don't think I would. <laughs> but I'm not anti him either. I'm just like, hey, this is what we got. And um, anybody and, can be and, president. Anybody. Yeah, really, absolutely. <laughs> and any anybody can be president. That's absolutely true. You know, as long as you meet the criteria, um, you know, for each, you know, area, then then you you pass. And uh and if you can get the consensus enough behind you, then sure. Um and what is the consensus? Was, Which is very interesting because it's like we're talking about metrics that are very inter you know, like how many people vote. Uh, how much of that's how much do you trust in that system to really become you know be a democratic representation of what people really want you know it's it's like uh you know i you just trust the system you just trust the that it came out as a, a fair representation but we have no idea what's you know really no. really going that's, on here that's that that really brings up a point it's it's tough to talk about with a lot of people because it's so, it's a uh, it's hot on either side mm -hmm. and but i've pretty much decided to just fork the system you know and cryptocurrency is that fork to me because it's not just a monetary system there's governance systems, there's protocols, there's all kinds of stuff that, I mean, we could right now, I, I could go, there's already people who have written voting 
they called smart contracts that run on, run on the Ethereum blockchain. The only issue would be, be making sure and doing the linking to the, like a KYC situation, which would mean it's, that's uh, acronym for know your customer, mm -hmm. which is done in like for like banking, like they need to make sure that you are you before mm -hmm. you are given an account. Um, but if they did that through that same registration process, then you could go back and you could publicly verify your vote is that, and yep. nobody can change it. And you could see, you don't, you may not be, you'll see a number, you won't see that person, but you could see that through everything. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was living in Arizona, there was a, a guy in uh, my neighborhood, actually, who, who won the seat for the county, uh, whatever the position that's in charge of, like, counting all the votes and setting up the voting process. Mm -hmm. And he had put out and because I was like a Facebook friend too. And you know, I put out I was like, hey, if you know, if you ever want to, you know, get this stuff working on, um, on the blockchain, you know, reach out but nothing. So it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's probably just that's not the exploration we're looking for as a as a group as a larger group yet. It's, it's um, and it will those, come though. It will come though. I mean, uh, I, I think it will. Yeah. The, an like, well, even in this, just the point of using cryptocurrency as a money, a huge thing just happened um, a few days ago is the IMF, the uh, International Monetary Fund, mm -hmm. released a video on Twitter, like, like talking about how great cryptocurrency is and that this is the wow. future. And, mm -hmm. and that is incredible. Yes. <laughs> because... Yes. And this is what I've been hedging basically on. And it's, it's a hard thing too, because when I see around and I see people are losing jobs, people are, you know, um, and we're in this like holding pattern of there's been money just printed out of nothing and passed around. And, uh, and then we, you know, we see these strong indicators like Warren Buffett is going, well, I don't, I don't believe in the banks anymore either. So I'm selling all my stock. Um, he's selling all his stock. He's well. He stole. He sold like a week and a half ago. He sold all his bank stocks. Bank stocks. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So he. I mean, and he held large positions, like, like ten to twenty percent is the kind of the the holdings that he liked to hold, so that mm -hmm. he was a decision maker. Mm. Um, and you know, he he can't. And if you go back, and if you ever listen, uh. I don't really follow his advice ever or his, his, cause he's, he's, I think for a different generation. Right. Um, and, but I like to still, you know, know about what that perspective is because he, he influences many oh, yeah. is he's always been a proponent of the central banking and that they are able to balance the system through their, you know, cause the central banking has two levers to pull on. Mm -hmm. They have interest rates and then they have the, the, the monetary supply. Right. Well, they never take away supply. They only add to it. Right. Of course. Yeah. Okay. And then there's the interest rates and pretty much because of the adding, they've had to pull it back at zero and just hold it there. Mm. You know, and then you look at like European countries like Denmark, Sweden, where there's like, they pull it back even further and it starts being negative. Mm. 
interest rates, which is now like it costs you money to hold your 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 savings in a bank, which is saying we need you to get out and spend this. Exactly. Um, they have actually negative interest rates. I didn't know that. Oh, that's yeah, yeah, that, negative interest rates. First time in history, it's, or is this like yeah? As far as I know, Denmark was the first one in history to have a negative interest rate, that's and that was about two years ago. It's gonna piss off a few and, people in the retirement funds and stuff. I mean, I, I mean, I yeah, it's uh, uh, so when I see like the potential for more to fall and people are not going to be in, you know, there are, I feel like there are certain companies and stocks that, um, that can, that can hold up, you know, like Apple just reached the first company to, uh, I think be worth more than a trillion. Wow. Just did that. Okay. Um, yeah. Like, uh, and, and then you have, you know, Amazon and Tesla, you know, there's a few stocks that have really been flying still. Mm -hmm. And um, you you almost kind of look at it though too. Those are the uh, I'm going on a tangent. I don't really know where I'm going here, but no, no, please, no. I'm very interested. They are they seem to be the ones providing the most value to society, mm -hmm. like that. What we use on a daily basis, because the United States, for instance, has two major um, like all of our manufacturing has been gone. I mean, not all of it, but for the mm -hmm. most part, you know? And so we have two places that are like economic centers. You have Wall Street and you have Silicon Valley. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wall Street is inflationary. Okay. Because it's based on the monetary systems. It's all of, it's, it's so much based on uh, over like leveraging. Leverage. And now we are over leveraged. Mm -hmm. Okay. And they're like, oh, well, maybe we can keep going because Japan, like before the pandemic and everything and before all this, I remember seeing an, uh, uh, a metric that we were 125% over leveraged as a country where Japan was 250%. And, and people consider Japan to be a sound economic system. Wow. So I think the 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 men and, and women in control, probably mostly men, are going to go, all right, we have, we have, we got a room to play with this here. What do you mean by over leveraged exactly? In a, uh, what is Meaning that, that our debt is higher than our GDP. And Japan, of course, is more than that, that percentage than uh, right. the US. Right. Okay. Although the volume of Japan compared to the United States is different. Yes. yes. And so, and so that's where, uh, like when the big, like the COVID crash, like March 11th or 12th, mm -hmm. um, where stocks all like oil went to one penny um, for a little bit. Uh, and- To just, one penny from what? From it went, it was like, I have to pull up, I, I, just to be- Not, to one be penny per, you, not, not from per bring barrel. Bring up my chart real quick. <laughs> Say that again? Not per barrel. Yeah, per barrel. What? One yeah, cent a it, barrel? Yeah, it was it was at about on in the new year, like January of 2020. It was around sixty dollars a barrel. Yes. And on the day of, and this is like based on a a, a CFD, which is it's the it's a for crude oil. It went 
all the way down to one cent how, in a flash. How, how, how would that even be possible? Because oil has so much value just because it, the economy is moving it, because of gas and, and, and that's that's what happens when speculation is in markets because mm -hmm. you have a lot of people that are playing with that who are never going to touch that oil in that form they're never going to buy oil send it to a refining place and 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 then turn it into you know diesel and and gasoline or whatever other petroleum products that you know you want to make out of it right so it's it's always the speculation that mixes in um that does these things but that sounds and, very irrational but too because obviously if i'm a speculator and i see that oil is not one penny i'm going to buy that like all my money is going to be buying oil i'm, 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 I'm not you know what i mean like it's obvious that oil is going to go up again it's because one penny. If, if you're if you are in a position that you have cash yes but if you were somebody who like just lost a billion dollars because you were holding like, you know, at, at $60 a barrel, you were, you know, like say you had bought oil, you started accumulating when it was like 10, 15, $20 a barrel years ago. And, and then it's been up and, you know, maybe you took profit, things like that. But um, uh, if you, you know, if you have such a holding in that now it's, you know, so the only thing you can attempt to do is you have to have cash on hand to like come in and add to your position which would then change your, your, your overall entry price. So it's called dollar cost averaging, which is- It's like a different like reality than for like normal people because it's like, it doesn't, you know, it's, it's going on obviously different metrics, different, um, you know, measurements of, of value. And, you know, cause it's obvious that certain things they, they, they have inherent value for the market. Yeah, it doesn't make sense that yeah. it can go, I mean, uh, and, and yeah, I, I wish I- Well, because the I, conversation, I, yeah, the co sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, if I, because if, if I had a hundred dollars, I mean, obviously I could have, as a personal private person, I could have, you know, bought, you know, loads of barrels. I mean, it would have been- Right, know. right. If you had, and had you done that, and had you caught that one penny, because mm -hmm. it actually, the day it closed, it wasn't even like a spike, it closed that low. But had you done that, um, the price that it's back out at $40, like you would have been millionaire hundred and what's 131 times a hundred, um, 13, you would have turned a hundred dollars into $13,000. Yeah. No, no, I mean, I mean, the, I guess, uh, yeah, that's maybe we can link this with a little bit with the Bitcoin then. So, yeah. uh, now we know that our reality is a Maya illusion and, you know, most economists are not going to, buy that but uh we will <laughs> so <Right. laughs> money is not a real thing obviously it's 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 part of the the construct and the belief systems that people have so right. uh the the move to bitcoin is from seems to be a, a higher vibrational idea it's something that people people just do not understand like i i've you know had conversations with people where they're like even because for me like i'm i'm also just beginning to understand the, the, the potentiality of Bitcoin, but trying to explain that, okay, deregulation, you know, all these aspects, you know, the old system was, you know, just printing money. And uh, obviously the Federal Reserve is a private entity as well. A lot of Americans don't know that. 
which yeah. is fascinating too because you know when you tell them that they don't uh, don't believe it well it's, like, oh. it's pretty much <clears throat> the pe for the most part the people that sit on the board of the fed are the presidents and high position holders of all the major banks mm. so when they come together and they decide we're going to make more money into the supply they're the number one beneficiaries of it because the way it's tiered out if you've ever taken like economics class we always knew okay the central bank lends at the at the um the prime rate to the top tier banks and then the top tier banks lend to the next tier and to the next tier mm -hmm. and it keeps going down and and then through the fact fractional reserve lending which which means that they only have to hold 10% of the deposit for whatever they're lent out. So that's what creates the over leveraging. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and what will likely happen and what does happen when these big recession pullbacks or complete depressions, which we haven't seen from what I know since the thirties, mm -hmm. um, we've seen quite a few recessions, but that's when, businesses that over leveraged lose all um, their equipment and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so the banks are able to pull back like these things that have value, tractors, factories. Um, and then they, they, you know, they'll then auction them off to somebody else who like, you know, who like other friends basically in Wall Street that have businesses that'll chop those all up and then they'll figure out, okay, like, you know, responsible they'll, they'll find people to take them over and and continue uh some sort of production but it's a it's like a reset button yes. um for many and uh what does, right, does, I, I, does i'm sorry but just jump in there like can bitcoin somewhat prevent such a or be a safeguard against such a, a, a it, depression because uh it sounds to me like um it's more responsive, I think, to these kind of situations. Am I, am I, am I jumping a little bit here? It, where... it, it is, and so here's, here's the technology behind Bitcoin and a, because uh, Bitcoin itself is a, essentially it's a timestamp server, okay? So what it does is it has these blocks that are created every, and it stamps the state of what everything is in that moment. And then once the new one comes, it's like, this is what it is now. Now this is what it is now. This is what it is now. So you can go back and you can see all the changes. So you can see like X amount of Bitcoin was here in this address, which is like a long string of characters. And then in this block, it moved from here to here. What by address? Or what, some, you mean like the address of like a coffee shop if somebody were to buy something at a coffee shop with Bitcoin? No, no. When I say an address, it's <laughs> it's a technically they it's called up like to be. We in the in the users pretty much call it your your wallet address, mm -hmm. but it's technically called a public key. Okay, and that is your way to receive any funds, mm -hmm. to receive any Bitcoin, or any sort of token that ever gets created on the bitcoin protocol right okay um what's the advantage of that of of what of the 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 the, the fact that you can follow back where 
Well, the advantage is that you, you know, and this is where I was getting to, is that you know how much value is, is in the entire system at all times. Mm, you know how There's many, no, I, yeah, true, true. So, so in the way it was created, in order to, in order to, to, to inspire others to get involved, because, and how it becomes like uh, censorship resistant is that anybody can, can turn on a computer and download the software and start running this, mm. okay? And, and so you can keep the history yourself. You may not be doing what is called mining, which is proving that as each block is, is happening to proving that that is the actual record, because mm. that's important. You don't just want, you know, people to throw in out, you know, records and say, oh, this is what it is. Trust me, because oh. that's what we're already in, <laughs> you know. We're already in that. We don't get. We don't see how much Wells Fargo has on their 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 um, their balance sheet. We don't see what you know any of these. We we have. We don't know how much money there actually is in circulation. No idea. That's a transparency no. aspect. That that. Um, yes. So it's a transparency aspect. The, I, and uh, the idea of authentic. I mean, just linking with the spiritual side. It's about being more authentic, and it seems like Absolutely. this is a spiritual solution to like, you can't hide. Uh, you know, it's not, you can't, it's, it's, everybody knows exactly how much is out there. And, you know, you know, you can, I literally, you may not know the person behind the wallet, but you know, you know, you can, you can trace it to these specific wallets. And right. No, you can no always see can. that, that nothing was ever created or destroyed in the process. Okay. The only way Bitcoins are created is through what is called the block reward. And it was done in a way that eventually there will be no well i guess technically there will always be something because it halves every it's about every four years but it's a certain number of blocks that go by in time but because it typically takes about 10 minutes per block it's about four years okay and so in the beginning when there weren't very many people so the 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 person who or people it's not confirmed who created bitcoin mm -hmm. um there was a, a pseudonym of satoshi nakamoto that was on uh some blog sites that came out to like crypt other cryptographic nerds basically and cypherpunks or cypherpunks that were that introduced an idea because digital cash had already been worked on for a long time but it was the consensus mechanism that brought us to that belief and that transparency that we know for certain that this is the truth of of the balance at this moment in time okay that had not been figured out but this had been figured out through the mechanism called proof of work okay and so the proof of work is that you have that every block when it comes out has a, it's locked up and there's a key to it, but no one knows the key. So computers start running and they keep guessing the key. They just guess, 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 guess until they get it. But it's not an easy guess. So it takes a lot of, or it takes computing power to do it. Well, when the network was young and there were like maybe six to 12 people doing it, it didn't take long 
amongst that group to do it and they could run it all off of like a, a PC. Now you have mining farms that are like larger than Costco's or Carrefour's, you know, and that are just filled with, with, with racks of computers that are just there doing the work of, of confirming like, oh, boom, I found the key. Because as soon as they find the key, it unlocks the block and now the next block can start to be worked on, okay? And what is inside each of those blocks are all the transactions that are occurring at that time. So if, if I'm gonna send you some Bitcoin and there's a long line, that transaction of me sending to you will go into the mempool, so the memory pool. Mm -hmm. And at, over time, stuff will get taken out of the memory pool and stuff can do a block whenever there's a next open block, like in the order that, uh, we like to think that it's in the order that it comes, but often it's in the order that the mining facility adds it in because I could also try and get it to you faster by adding a higher fee on top of it. So mm -hmm. the miner is gonna get an extra reward. Yes, more interest. You know, for me sending it to you, okay? Um, and, and again, in the beginning, so every four years, there's this event called the halving where the block reward gets cut in half, all right? And in the beginning, each block, re so every 10 minutes approximately, there were 50 Bitcoin released. Well, at that time, a Bitcoin was worth nothing, mm. okay? And if you imagine 50 Bitcoin right now, even though Bitcoin's having a big pullback today, um, it's been sitting around 12,000 US dollars and it's at just over 11,000, mm. but still 50 times 11,000 is a nice reward, you know, every 10 minutes. <laughs> um, Can I jump in with a, like, a, if I heard a counter argument, uh, just like the metric of, or like, well, the idea that electricity is of course a factor being in this too, right? Correct. Do you have, a, do you have something about that that you could say that? Yeah, I, I, I think that, also, I can speak to this even when I, on like um, this applies to almost any topic is that we as cultures uh, often our momentum takes more than a lifetime to change, but it always corrects that I can trust. Okay. And so we have been living in a time period where energy has become a precious resource, you know, and, and so, and it, cause it's fueled the growth of so much business and, and economy. Right. And so it's been like, that's why oil had that, that, that backbone, but then you already have, you know, people forking off and going like, like Tesla, you know, you know, yes, Nikolai Tesla, he spoke all about this, but that's why the company is named after him is, is, is trying to go after other more sustainable means of doing this. And then I just even read an article yesterday about a synthetic photosynthesis process that can create energy from plant matter. Oh. And, and so they're working and they really believe that they can scale this and that they're, they want to be able to turn the, um, the hydrogen that they get in, into it into a, a liquid so that way it's safer and portable. That's very interesting. Well, 
and um, and that you could do these things more on the fly as well. So, so because to your question, there will often be people saying, uh, running all these computers is harmful to the environment. That that's definitely a viewpoint out there. Okay, and I would say there's more electricity created and wasted from not being used than there is from like the things that are causing negative impacts, mm. you know, like the global warming. Cause for the most part, you know, the, the, the global warming stuff is happening from the fossil fuels, coal, you know, coal's a huge one. And that's still a place where if coal is easy to get, they're going to use it. Because mm -hmm. pe people typically will take the path of least resistance, especially when it comes to a business where it's about profit versus loss. Um, and that's just the way it is. And so that's why we have uh, the correction, in my opinion, are those innovators going out and finding other ways to acquire energy like from the sun or even building better batteries that can hold this more you know, hold that potential longer so that you can get further distances and, and, you know, run, you know, run your home off of this stuff. And so I see that in, in all good time. And at that point, it's, it's, uh, it's not a factor, oh. in my opinion. That's also, it sounds like, like a lot, a lot of things are meeting at the same moment, you know, like the, the Bitcoin and then obviously. Yeah, convergence, convergence is, is uncanny. Yeah. It's uncanny. No. And the solution is when you ask for it, it comes, you know, and, and that seems like we just have to be faith that of course this, you know, a lot of the problems we have, there won't be problems later. There'll just be, there'll be solutions. Uh, supposedly source always says, you know, and with every, every problem, immediately the solution is with, with it. There's, there's like, there's no, on that side, there's no real difference. You know? it's, right, right, because it's, it's always yeah. balanced. It is, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and it's, just, it's just the perspective that one holds to be able to see that. Because, I mean, here's what another thing I love about the blockchain technology is let's, you know, it, you know when it comes to, uh, you know, high energy, it's, it, and we have this major topic across the planet, global warming, okay? And you have pretty much it's split into two camps. One saying that humans are 100% responsible for, for it and, and we need to uh, uh, take measures to stop it. The other side going, no, this is just the earth that does its cycles um, and it, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll be fine, okay? Well, both of them have agendas as well. Of course. You know? there's going to be people and then the common people get mixed up into it um, based off of where their belief systems lie. And, but here's the thing is each group has these like think tanks that are going in creating and finding data and then they make reports and they deliver the reports and that's what we're supposed to trust. It's no different than trusting this is how much money is out there. Yeah. Data, that's what it comes down to it. It's not about the thing. It's about the data and the, mm -hmm. and the transparency and the truthfulness of it all. Mm -hmm. Like, where's the truth at? Okay. So something that's been happening on a fork of Bitcoin um, called Bitcoin SV is a, a, a program called Weather SV. 
where anybody can for about a, a investment of about $100 or so can get a thermometer, a barometric, you know, all the different like tools that can measure weather. Mm -hmm. And at your home, you can have it recording all the time and it's stamping these weather of wherever you're at to the blockchain. Okay. Wow. Because if you go and try and search for weather data, you can't find it. Mm. Okay. Mm. Not throughout the whole globe. You, you can do searches and find out, Oh, here's what the temperature was like, like, you know, at the, on this day or things like this, but like the real, like that raw weather data. So if, if, the science is there's we have this thing of empirical evidence mm -hmm. and that in order for it to be truly uh, understood, you need to be able to give exactly how you did it so that others can repeat the process and come up with the same result. And we're not able to do that. Instead, we constantly are trusting the, the scientist. You know, that's mm -hmm. what the, the, the argument typically is on the, on the, um, on the, that global warming is a problem is people will say like politicians will say, well, there, we have, there's more uh, scientists that believe it is a, a, a issue. It's like, well, let's see the data. Mm. Let's let other scientists, let's let college students go through and verify this stuff. Let's let anybody come through and verify this stuff, but it's not available. Mm. So with this weather as we, the more that people are coming in and able to, and, and joining this experiment, and putting this stuff, it's building a database that's on a public ledger. Anybody can have access to it. And it just needs time to build up that data set so that, you know, we can, you know, verifiably come up with results. There's, there's something uh, also in the subjective nature to what you're saying, because what we're talking about, the law of attraction, all these ideas of oneness, that's so apparent in our realities, right? And we're connecting with people through the internet, through YouTube, and we're putting a stamp on reality, you know? And it feels like uh, that's under the radar of normal news. It's under the radar of people who are in that reality. But it's coming to like a tipping point where, you know, it has to be discussed. And there's going to be so much data, just us talking about this as well. I mean, on all the, the channels and all the, the, the gurus or all this talk, and, 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 and that's you may say that's not scientific but the personal experience is for me the the only thing that really matters is your your perspective so obviously the, even science is the same thing but the scientists what they believe is happening is influencing the experiment whatever it's influencing literally the data they're seeing and uh and they'll find the people who verify that belief system you know and uh Absolutely. and so and, and, and but it feels to me like there's something a submersive uh, it can, the revolution has to be non-televised you know it's it's like uh <laughs> it's happening with bitcoin because you know it's a lot you know a lot of people still don't understand it but it's changing the way people think about reality uh and reflecting more i think appropriately a more democratic aspect of whatever you want to call it. It's hard to think of what a more quantum transparent way of looking at reality. And that, which is obviously right. the more, anything that's that reflects reality closer to the way it really is, is going to be, in my opinion, the one that's going to, you know, it has to evolve in that direction. It can't 
you can't go back. And uh, well, you know, it's it's uh, have you ever heard the hundred monkey theory? If they yeah, if they had enough time to type with the typewriters, they would have all the books in history or or something, right? Like uh, if they give infinity uh, to a bunch of monkeys. Well, here's typewriters. here's what I, I understand: the hundred monkey theory is is um. Uh, there's like an island somewhere in the uh, like near like Sri Lanka or not Sri Lanka, but somewhere in, in, like in uh, Southeast Asia. Okay, mm -hmm. but there's a lot of these little islands close by, and there's monkey colonies on them. Well, oh, that's a totally different was, one. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, observed that on one island, if if a monkey discovers a new skill, right? Okay, and then it spreads on that colony. The moment it hits around a hundred that they all know about it, on the neighboring islands, they're able to like tap into this. Absolutely, yes. And Ooh. and Ooh, because the yeah. the belief system is stronger now, and so mm -hmm. it's like it's there in in the akashic record that you know source keeps like dropping in, and so that inspiration comes through. It's like because it's it's it was bold enough to to be discovered. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would even go as far, I mean, people could say I'm an idiot, but that even the fact that mammals, like we, be, like even humans, we believe that we need oxygen to, to live. Mm -hmm. That is, has so much momentum behind it. Yes. You know, that I think if source can do anything, then, it, then if our beliefs were to merge a way that we did not need that, mm -hmm. and we had, could build a strong enough belief otherwise, yes. then... Th then the universe would deliver it would. that solution. Yeah. It doesn't, and, uh, I, I think it would, it always takes one to start it, right? So you even right. like, even, you can say like Jesus, you know, or Buddha, these guys were on a different level and they were doing yeah. things, walking on water, suppose, you know, whatever, maybe it was true, you know, who knows? But, um, you know, their beliefs were malleable enough and it gave us now a perspective like, oh, this, anything is possible and uh, but your idea was interesting is also because the monkeys don't know each other uh, there's another connection going on obviously it's not just the informational maybe it's more the obviously the just the like in the galaxies going through these progressions of ascension and everywhere is on the same level it has the earth has to vibrate everything at once you know everything has to so right. maybe I see that happening in the spiritual communities because there's so many new modalities and new ways that people are more easily tapping into, I feel like. Hmm. Like that, that we're in an age, I mean, you could call it the movement from the Piscean age to the Aquarian age. Uh, I'm sure um, there would be other viewpoints, but that's one I, I, I know of. And yeah, it's... Uh, you know, people are able to develop these new things. Um, there's people, I think, you know, it, it's like in fitness world, even mm -hmm. there's like constantly new fitness, you know, programs that people are coming up with yep. and it resonates with enough people that it gets a following, yes. you know, and that's the whole thing is it, it's, here's what I learned uh, in, in, 2000 end of 2017 like i felt like i really want to also create a youtube channel on cryptocurrency part of it 
was because there was a uh, an economic uh, benefit of like a program that I was in at the time had a referral system, mm-hmm. and and so I was like, okay, well, this is a way to get people to follow me because I didn't love so much the idea of just reaching out to friends and family, mm-hmm. you know, and um, but then that system it crashed and you know so it was, it, it, i was getting everything up and ready and going then i thought well man like that's that was like the whole purpose of this why would i keep doing this why would anyone want to listen to me when there's already so many other youtubers talking about this stuff that have more experience in the game and then i listened to somebody and they they said you know what no matter what there's always somebody who wants to hear it from you Exactly. And I found a lot of truth to that. So the people that resonate with me are, are often very grateful. They're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I found your channel. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Can you look at this? Can you look at this? And then I get the hate too. Um, and that was hard for a long time too, but I just, I just take it with, uh, you know, as part of the process. No. So makes it stronger. Yeah, and, and I, it's 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 helped me even build up. Like in all my videos now, I you know I ask people you know subscribe, turn on the post notifications. You know, hey, please leave a comment if there's anything. I don't. It doesn't matter what it is, but here's my request: is please be polite. Let's just have a civil discourse. Yes. And and you can you are totally invited to politely disagree with me. Yes. And we can have that conversation. So, so but I had to mention, like, obviously, I said you're, you're, you're the Golden Yogi, right? And right. Uh, is your channel the Golden Yogi or what is the... It is, yeah. All of my branding, I think this might be, like, the only evidence of putting Harimander with the Golden Yogi. Like, hmm. there's only a couple people who, who, uh, who know my Harimander identity that are in... You're stepping, out, you're, you're stepping out of the shadows, man. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, you know, I mean, for a long part, there was a sense of the, and I think this even sparks from, and this is all in the growth process, but it sparked from that, uh, that referral system. And, and I, I don't like using systems like that anymore. Mm-hmm. Unless people ask me, they come to me, you know, saying, Hey, you know, what could I do to support? How can I, you know, um, you know, I'll say, hey, there's, you know, here's a few things, but the, like, the shilling of, of, um, of something, I've learned how to build my position economically so that I can hold a space between the two mm. and that what I'm doing is what I'm doing. And then I'm going to talk about what I'm doing. Okay. So I usually won't talk about projects that I have not used at least a little bit. You know, um, like I'm putting my own funds into the game or my own participation, whatever it takes to get involved to it. Um, and that's, that's key to not for, at least for me, for not getting caught up in a cycle of seeing my followers or subscribers as a tool for me to gain. May I just jump in there? Cause obviously anybody who's, listening they wonder about this bitcoin thing you you jumped in the bitcoin game in 2017 or 2018. I, 
that's when I, I, my first level of participation in the summer of 2017, when I bought my first, mm. I had, I had opportunities, you know, it, Source had hooked me with this a few times, two times, uh, one was in a Wired Magazine article in 2012, early Ooh. 2012. You got then, Obin. Oh. Which, that would have been, you know, like, a thousand dollars then at around like at most a thirty dollar bitcoin mm -hmm. you know would have been an amazing you know position right now um and i've known i met a lot of these people who who did that and are they're like they, they sometimes some of them don't know what to do with their lives now yeah it's because quite that wealth yeah yeah it's quite a bit of wealth and um but you've you've gotten some i mean you've you've I mean, you've made a profit. I mean, you have your assets have, have grown, right? I mean, right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I've taken I've taken big risky losses mm -hmm. and I've had big risky wins. But overall, um, you fought. The but overall, of... yeah. O overall. Uh, yeah. Overall, I, I'm in, you know, in a good position. And, and it really looks like nobody can read the future, but mm -hmm. there is a lot of cyclical technical evidence that this is the start of the next bull market for crypto. Wow. And that my, and again, I won't be held to this or anything, but through my, because I've learned a lot of technical analysis, like looking at charts, finding patterns, and Bitcoin has this long-term pattern that, that could reach around $450,000 Bitcoin by the end of 2022. One more time, how much? $450,000. Are you joking me now? No, I'm not. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I, and, I, I'm, I'm and, and, the game too. <laughs> but, but as I look at things in the state of, of what's going on, I could see how hyperinflation could be the thing that really speeds up that process. Mm. Because if we're all of a sudden paying $20 for a gallon of milk, mm -hmm. then the value of the dollar, and that's the thing that I've always been waiting for, is when we're not valuing a Bitcoin per a dollar anymore. Mm -hmm. And we're oh, starting to say, yeah. here's how many Satoshis I spend for milk. Mm -hmm. Because Bitcoin was created in such a way that they could always add, more, more digits can go on, but you know what, in a dollar, the smallest denomination is a penny, right? Right. So that goes to the hundredth place mm -hmm. in, in, in the decimals. Bitcoin goes to eight decimal places in. Crazy. And that <laughs> unit is called a Satoshi. Satoshi, yeah. Yeah, okay. And named after the creator. And so, um, you know, in, in I would say at these prices, it's like about a hundred Satoshis is a penny. So it, you know, if things go way up, like, you know, and, and it's like that, I could imagine like, um, you know, we, yeah, we'd be saying, oh, here's how many sets or, you know, cause that's even the shorter version that a lot of people uh, use. And because um, so much of the crypto game, besides the interesting protocols, it's, it's, it's trying to amass more wealth as well. And, and that's what the intention, I believe, in the early days of having 
the block reward for the miners be large and then get small over time is that as the network becomes bigger and it, it gets proved out and now it's network good, which I would say now it's network good, like we have enough of enough computers around the world running this that it would be very difficult for governments to take it down. Um, so instead, what they're looking at is how do we get involved? I personally could see a world in which every country is running a major Bitcoin like server farm. Yeah. And that's, and that's like, you know, and, and that might even take away how we look at taxation and how distribution is made. Um, there's, there's so like much I've, potential. I've, uh, there's so much potential. I've, yeah. I've worked in, I've, I've played around like on the Ethereum blockchain in so many experimental uh, um, like ideas of that I feel like could definitely work for that kind of taxation to redistribute redistribution for getting a sense of uh, universal basic income. Hmm. Okay. But it's always based on the level of particip participation that you're getting into. Um, and I won't get into, you know, the details of that, but there's, there's so many fantastic things. Like I have some that I put a lot of work into like over a year ago and I haven't touched them since. And every day they just pay me hmm. because of how, how I built it in. And it's still being used by so many people that every time somebody transacts, a small fee is taken off and it gets redistributed to everybody in the system. Hmm. So if I make a sell or buy, a little chunk gets taken off and it gets redistributed to myself and everybody else fairly based on the weight of which we're, we're involved. That sounds like a beautiful solution to so many uh, you know, economic issues. And uh, I'm, uh, this has been a very enlightening uh, discussion because I, now I, I do understand a bit better, I think, uh, uh, Bitcoin blockchain. I'm very, very thankful. Uh, for your time, Harry Mander. Um, and uh, once again, people can reach you. Um, they just type in Golden Yoga, Yogi. Yeah, if you go into YouTube, that's probably the easiest way. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I'm trying to introduce more people to Library, which is a decentralized YouTube. Uh -huh. um, Never heard of it. So, so it's censorship resistant because often YouTube will uh, shadow ban uh, people and content mm -hmm. and uh, so that is ultimately the move but it's still such a large platform that that's where I'm releasing first through and then it gets synced up with library the library is really cool because you can actually just get paid for watching videos you know little bits at a time nice. in, in their in their cryptocurrency so but if you go to my video just type in the golden yogi you'll find me you'll see it's an avatar of like a cartoon version of me uh, it doesn't have glasses because I weren't, wasn't wearing glasses at, at that time in my life yet, but it has a turban and it's uh, got some yellow light behind it. Um, but down in any de description of any video, you can find my other social um, connects and, you know, ever have a question, please feel free to uh, reach out. Nice. I'll, I'll definitely put the links, uh, a few links down and below the video as well. And uh, if we can reach you, but uh, thank you very much, Hermander. And uh, welcome. Thank you. I wish you a wonderful day. You too. All right. Take, Take it easy.